welcome to Birch Tree Studios, the home of 1013 Publications. This is 40 Below Zero, an international show about chronic illness hosted by two guys with MS. I'm your co-host Nick, and with me as always is Terry. We're so glad all of our warriors and supporters are here with us, so let's get into it. Terry, my friend, how are you? It's getting cold, but I'm good, man. How are you doing? Um, you know, hanging in there. I know that uh, the next time you and I have our uh, solo show, we're going to get deep into the fields and, and what we're doing. So I'll save all that stuff for uh, the future show. But who are we talking to today? Awesome. Today we got John Wood. This guy is funny. He has an Instagram, YouTube channel. Uh, he even has a podcast. I just learned about this yesterday. I won't lie to you. And I'm excited to be on it. But uh, yeah, you should check out his Instagram videos. Pretty funny, man. And uh, let's not forget, he is also the author of A Fight to Survive. Uh, as told from the wheelchair, John Wood, pleasure to have you on the show today. How are you? I'm wonderful. How about you? Doing good. Listen, it's been a long time. We've been trying to get this together. Yes. Um, it's been since August, but mm -hmm. we persevered. We got you in. Uh, <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, everything is really listed in the book, but a brief synopsis. I am 29. I should not be alive right now. And pretty much spina bifida has handed me my ass multiple times over these years, but I actually follow the Vinny Vinny Vici method. I came, I saw, I conquered. But nice. I edited that. I came, I saw, I kicked Spina Bifida's ass, and I ran on. <laughs> well said. I love it. What a great <laughs> attitude. All right, so let's back up. Why should you not be alive? I was born two weeks premature. I was born two hours, uh, born with two hours to live. Doctor said that if I was going to be, if I was going to, if I was born, I was going to be either dead or severely retarded. Wow. I'm not severely retarded. I do have some dark spots in my brain and obviously I'm not dead. <laughs> yeah. That would be a whole different show if you were. That's a crazy yes. story, man. But due to the comp, uh, circumstances of my birth, uh, being two weeks premature with a severe physical disability, they didn't know for the first 68 days that I was going to live. I was actually uh -huh. in NICU for 68 days and then subsequently had multiple hospitalizations after that stemming from, you know, placement of the shunt tube in my head, the rods in my spine, all the, all the things. I actually spent probably about a good year in a body cast from the chest to the toes. You, you know wow. You know, what's funny is when we started this, I wasn't even thinking of spina bifida. I mean, I know you have it, but I, I wasn't even thinking. It's funny because I left that out. I did mm. the YouTube videos did, and I'm like, oh, my God. I. Just... But okay. do you have I'm, a stupid question? OK, do you have Good. any family members that come to anything close to what you've been through? I know it's not genetic, but it's just curious. Like, no. no, I'm actually the only one in my family born with spina bifida. Okay. Like, legitimately. I'm one in 166,000 people born every year with spina bifida. And I'm proud to have that. You're awesome, bro. Do you know anybody else with it? Actually, locally, uh, locally 
there were a few people, but they have since moved out of the state. Okay. So, or at least out of this area. But mm -hmm. I can actually say, unless there's somebody else in this area with spina bifida, I am the only person on the Florida panhandle with spina bifida. Florida. Okay. Yes. Yes. So how, take me to the mindset, take me to your, your worldview. Like what, you know, like they say, people look through uh, the, with rose colored glasses. What is, what does the world look like through John Wood's glasses? The world through my glasses is bright as ever. I don't, I don't call myself disabled. I call myself differently abled. Mm -hmm. I'm able to do everything that you guys are able to do. I just do it from a wheelchair. You know, I go to church. I actually attend church uh, virtually right now due to not being able to get out. I hang out with my best friend, Ralph, multiple times a month. Good Lord. We actually just left. We actually just went to a, we went out and had um, his early birthday celebration a couple days ago because he won't be in town on his birthday, which is the day before Thanksgiving. Mm, happy happy birthday, Ralph. And I thought mm -hmm. I was your birth, uh, best friend. Sorry, go ahead. I haven't <laughs> known you since high school. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, I've known Ralph since high school. We both graduated in 2013. And, you know, I met him back in uh, 2010. We were in a learning strats class together. And this guy, I kid you not, I write about it in the book. We're polar opposites. You know, he's five foot something and, and, you know, solid muscle. I'm over here in a wheelchair, you know, Mr. Jeans and T-shirts. I'm over here in a freaking three-piece suit and <laughs> a bow tie. And everybody's mistaking us. Oh, that's his boyfriend, not his best friend. After throwing my leather dress shoes at his at my brother's door in a fit of rage, people started getting off of my personal life and going on. Mm, yeah. yeah. It, so, do, it doesn't matter your uh, status in life. If, if someone's invading your space, it's not good. Exactly. <laughs> and by the way, you look good in that suit you're wearing right now. I mean, maybe a Believe tie not, should be added. I actually, well, see, here's the thing. I'm just joking, man. You know that. I know. Silly thing, though. As soon as, like, as soon as I told you that I was wearing this and, you know, all the stuff, I spilled a bottle of water on my jacket. So it's oh. over here drying on the, on the uh, hamper. And I don't have any neckties or anything because... Uh, due to some unforeseen circumstances, I had to get rid of them all last year. Mm. Every single cotton picking one of them, and I've been collecting them for about 20 years. Oh, that's tough. So it that is what tough. it is. I want to, I want to talk about something, you know, I, I'm sure you know that I have MS and Nick has yes. MS. I'm in a wheelchair. So Nick is part-time, but my story is I'm in a wheelchair and I almost feel guilty because my legs don't work. They're really fatigued out. I, I can stand up maybe for five seconds, but then I meet someone like you and I'm like, ah, am I a real wheelchair? I am a wheelchair user, but, but it's like a real, a real wheelchair user. Like, do I, you know, because I can stand up and there's times, man, my legs are so damn tired. The transfers, I can't even do it at night. I can't even do it, man. It's like, I'm not even going to tell you the stories I've been through, but and then I meet someone like you, and I'm like, man, you know, I, am I? Do I need to feel guilty? You're going to tell me not to, but you tell me. Like, do you see me and say, "Suck it up"? No, I actually see you as the person you are, and I tell you exactly what I tell everybody else. It's actually a quote that I came up with 
many, many years ago. Your situation may be hard, but there's always someone like me ready to lift you up again. See, Terry. I love you, man. <laughs> there are people that go through probably not as much as people like us go through, but when the roles are reversed and that other person's going through that problem, people like us are there to lift them up. And that's what I have dedicated my life to do over the last few years is be a light to the community and tell them that even though they're going through something, I'm always going to be there to lift them up, to keep them uplifted, to empower them. So what have you been up to the last few years then with that mentality? I mean, that's a huge thing to put on yourself. Well, actually, I started writing the book in 2018 when I was actually in the hospital. The cover of the book is actually of me in the hospital during one of my, yes, during one of my many fights to survive. I was actually in the hospital for a severe kidney infection stemming from a seven centimeter stone that decided to invade my bladder. That had to have been painful. It was my very first one ever, and I didn't think it was as serious as it was, so I ignored it for two months. As, as we do. Well, when I finally got tired of having the fevers and the nausea and all the, you know, the crap, I finally said, Dad, call me an ambulance. So as I'm in an ambulance toddling down the highway, you know, non-emerge, whatever, I'm just sitting back there and I'm like, oh, God, I better start writing a book. This is this is this is tough. And I started right there mapping out how I was going to write this story from an ambulance. I started over the next few years, I started going through and, you know, asking mom and dad, you know, God rest their souls, all the questions like where, what happened here? What happened to this? I even asked my sister, I was like, do you remember the day I was born? Blah, blah, blah. She's 16 years older than me. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, she was the very first one to hold me after I was born because they thought she was my mother. So I'm like, okay, she's telling me this. And I was getting information for my second book, My Fight Continues, that should be released next year. Okay. I was wondering because there was some things, there was some things that were kind of open-ended. So I wanted to see where it had progressed from where you left off. Yes, yes. It will be. I'm actually currently writing chapter seven right now. And with any shadow of a doubt, it should be released by the end of next year, middle to end of next year. Okay. But I mean, yeah, things were tough. Um, my parents knew I was going to be born with it because they found out at a ultrasound about a month before, you know, the, as I call it, that shit hit the fan. <laughs> um, my parents got married when I was three months away from being born. They, they got married in February. I was born in May. And all my dad knew was he used his skills to make the house as accessible as it could be, you know, because they thought, oh, we're going to have to bring a bed in or an incubator or, you know, we're going to have to find a casket, yada, yada, yada. Well, yeah, some of that did happen, but my dad was very smart about it. You know, he built a house with, or not really a house, but a, a room for all my medical supplies. I have a wheelchair ramp that just had to be rebuilt last year, <laughs> but they took it in stride because they they knew it was going to happen, but they also didn't know that their little miracle was going to be 29 years old one day. Did they, you know, because... 
you said you weren't uh yeah okay let me ask you something you have a 16 year old sister that's older than you a 16 year older sister yes blah 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 okay uh your parents got married my parent yeah. okay so she's my half sister angie's okay. my half sister okay. from my mom's first marriage okay you can't throw something like that and not get me confused it's okay yeah my mom was married prior to meeting my father okay and uh when they got married you know i they got married because of me because i was being born so well, how long did they how old were they expecting you to live for well they weren't expecting me to live two hours yes so they were setting everything up before yeah pretty much they were setting everything up and they were when the day I was born, they found out, yeah, he's going to probably live two hours. You know, they'd already built the things and all the stuff. But when they figured out, oh, yeah, he's probably going to live two hours and die. It's almost like all their work went out, you know. Yeah. But after 68 days, I actually came home and continued to thrive. You know, they thought I was going to be an, an FTT, a, a failure to thrive. Well, obviously, I'm not a failure to thrive. I'm a fight to survive. Is that a thing? Am I just ignorant right now? A failure, failure to, to thrive is an actual medical term. Yes. It means that the baby is not progressing weight-wise, all the things. Nick, they thought I was going to be a failure to thrive baby, wow. but I wasn't. Yes, I've had some setbacks, you know, multiple revisions of the shunt in my head and the rods in my spine. Because if it weren't for the rods in my spine right now and the tube in my head, I'd be dead. Let me ask you an ignorant question. Go um, ahead. Uh, how much pain are you in right now? Right now, my back's a little stiff from the weather because the barometric pressure is kicking my ass. Uh, it's about 30.82 right now. And uh, we're supposed to be getting wind and rain. So I'm keeping up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the uh, the farmer's almanac says that uh, winter is not going to be kind to anybody. So, if that's true, then we're all in for it this year. Oh, great! Yo, yo, yo! He's in Florida. You, yeah, you don't, Florida. yeah, but you don't know though. Florida winters hit harder because you're not ready for them. Exactly, like I'm, exactly. I'm ready for it. You're ready for it. But Florida usually isn't ready for these cold snaps that they get because it's always on the news. It's like, you know, record <laughs> snowfall. They got three inches. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. <laughs> exactly. One year we had two foot icicles hanging from the house. <laughs> wow. Like, I don't know. Still Florida. I mean, it, it, it's it's been a while. It's been a ride, you know. It's been a ride this past year and a half, you know. Ever since losing dad, you know, I lost my mom back in 2020 uh, to lung cancer, and then we lost dad back in July last year of complications <laughs> from cirrhosis of the liver. Oh, so to not be easy. not even 30 and lose both your parents that's uh it's not like you're a um totally able-bodied person who doesn't need any assistance to get through their day by any you know mobility aids or anything you know what i'm saying like right i'm 97 percent self-sufficient you know <laughs> well that's good give me the right setup and i'll do everything yeah. that's true i mean like it's a lot of people think that Again, I, I think I said it like a, a show or two ago. A lot of people equate disability to mental capacity. 
and they think the less you can do physically, the less your mind works exactly for some reason but mm -hmm. that's, that's really not the case obviously so all, no so all we need is the right tools and the job will still get done exactly yes you're right you know your success doesn't equate to how much you put into it yes you can put your success into everything but if you're not really brain power wise doing it then in my opinion it's going for nothing if you're putting your heart mind soul and body blood sweat and tears into it then it honestly is all in vain my friends mm -hmm. i hate to put it that way but that's how i've gone over the last few years otherwise i wouldn't be where i am today well you can definitely tell sorry you can definitely tell that you uh poured your heart and soul into this book because I'm reading it and I'm like, man, I am. I feel like I am listening to you tell it first person in real time almost. So it's amazing. Um, I actually read it twice to make sure I didn't miss anything. Look, now he's trying to shave me because I haven't read I it. Am I am so sorry. I have. Okay. So listen to this, John. Yeah, I, whatever, whatever I, I, I'm going through right now. But this guy's like, hey, guess what I got? And he picks out the book. And I'm like, are you trying to brag? And then I pull out the book behind my little here <laughs> he's like oh you got it too i'm like yeah man i i'm invested in my guests so i will get to it i promise you and i will talk to you about it as soon as i do no problem my friend um your podcast is is there a name for it can we search? author on wheels it's the official author on wheels podcast the official i interview author on wheels i interview authors uh content creators Anybody with a story to tell is allowed to come on my podcast. I don't care if you're Joe Schmo down the road. I'm going to put you on the spot. Have you read uh, a selfless time? <laughs> selfless life. Life. Selfless life. I've heard of it, but I have not read it yet. <laughs> it's okay. Terry, you're too kind. I'd love to go on your podcast. And uh, your Instagram videos are funny. Uh, a few a few hundred people know that I send the uh, hey watermelon, you good bro? Mm -hmm. And uh, he sends that to everybody. I will I mean, tag it here so people can go check it out. I mean, hey, it, it, that was just one of those things someone told me about. It. I'm like, uh, I'm watching the video and thinking, um, that watermelon doesn't look okay. Hey, you okay? <laughs> and if watermelons could talk, that thing would be like gurgle, gurgle, gurgle. Dude, you either get it or you don't get it. And exactly. I got it. I don't think Nick gets it, but I get Terry it. Terry thinks it's the funniest short or TikTok, whatever it was that exists. I love it. He said it to me like every time we talk, he's like, hey, you okay? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to call him Watermelon. I was like, hey, Watermelon. So tell us about your, uh, you know, oh, man. <laughs> That's cool. And your voice is just, it just embedded now. I've, I've, I've honestly been told I have a voice for radio. In fact, I wanted to go to college for broadcasting, but my body decided to say, nope, you're not going to go to college for broadcasting. You're going to write a book and you're going to do it from the hospital. Yeah. How, how long did it take you to write the book? Four years. Oh, okay. Okay. Four years. I actually, I tried publication in 2020 with, um, a hybrid publisher, 
but it wasn't giving me the opportunity that I have now to where it's available on Amazon, Barnes Noble, Books a Million, all the places. This place was just a print-on-demand publisher. I didn't know that because I walked into this kind of blindly. My mom actually sent me a link for Christian faith publishers. And I tried with them, and uh, I don't have four or five grand to publish. So I I told Matt, bye-bye. Okay. But ever since I got with my publisher now, which is Lulu um, Self-Publishing, I've seen my progress grow. I've seen my dream come true in more tangible ways than I can even explain. You know, to wake up every day and look at your status and be like, oh, I made another sale. Oh, that's where it is. Oh, my goodness. We just actually I just actually found out the other day that I sold a book in the Netherlands. So I've added another country onto the map because I have a map on my computer that I literally I take tags and I put them on there. And it's just the cover of my book. And I'm like, I'm seeing it grow and grow and grow and grow. And I'm like, holy hell. How many books are you going to write? How many books are you going to come up with? Do you have a number or are you just? Honestly, until I'm done. Until the good Lord calls me home, I'll be writing. You know, I've started book two right now. There are bits and pieces of some chapters that I want to get finished. But overall, my story's not over. You know, until the book closes and I close my eyes on this earth, I'm still going to write. I still have a story to tell. It's up to me uh, to be able to tell my own story. Someone else isn't going to tell me, tell it for me. I'm not hiring a ghostwriter. I'm not, you know, asking, uh, what's his face, uh, Star Trek guy, Jean-Luc Picard. I'm not asking <laughs> him to voice my book for me. I actually did the audiobook version of my own book, and I put it on YouTube. You, you had to go there. Right, you know I don't like Star Wars and Star Trek, but you had to go there. And I Nick's, didn't know you didn't like Nick's Star Wars and Star Trek. I'm sorry, everybody. I have never watched that, but I will if someone convinces me somehow. But anyway, <laughs> don't give me that face. Don't give me that face. I've watched Lord of the Rings. Isn't that good? That's good. Yeah. Close enough. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Lord of the Rings, but Star Wars, Star Trek. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> lost yes, half yes. our audience again, Terry. <laughs> No, don't worry. Nick's still here. Relax. <laughs> your YouTube video, your YouTube channel, uh, is it similar to, I haven't really gone through it extensively, but is it more of you interview? Is it your podcast half with your Instagram videos? Kind of, yes. It's a mishmash of me coming up with topics that I feel people would listen to that I have applied to my own life you know there are some videos on there that i wish were better there are some videos on there that are funny as hell and then there are some videos where i'm bawling like a friggin' baby but that's all my that's all my story that's all my story is that's the most important thing is because people can only connect to you when you are being genuine and honest. So when you have videos where you're where you're openly sobbing or and you're telling painful things and or, or whatever the case may be, people can then say, you know what? Yeah, he's not putting on a front. This is actually him, and they can they appreciate that more than it more than a produced show. Mm -hmm. You know, 
I realize that too. As I, I say this all the time, as soon as I show my vulnerable side, dude, I see so many people thanking me and reaching out to me. So as soon as you tell me you were like crying, awesome, dude. That's why I gave you the thumbs up. I'm like, you're ahead of the game. I'm not going to say that my life isn't all, you know, sunshine and roses. You know, sometimes it's napalm and gunpowder. Yeah. Sometimes it's it's ashes and, you know, death and despair. You know, I basically have lived over the last 29 years with a sense of mourning. You know, that one day my fight's going to come to an end. There will be no more fight to survive. There will be a fight that ended. You know, I have to come to that realization. I'm almost 30 years old. You know, my life should have been cut short almost 30 years ago. I should not be right here talking to you guys on this computer. I should not be here. You know, I should not have written that book. You know, I shouldn't have been alive to write that book. But I did. And I'm here to tell you that your situation is hard. I'm here for you. You know, you're going through something. I'm here. You know, you both have MS. I'm here for both of you. You know, it's you know, people go through things every single day that they think is the worst situation that they can ever go through. Well, I'm going through something right now that is probably in that is, in my opinion, the worst thing that somebody could go through. Waking up every day, not knowing if you're going to live the day, you know, waking up to pain and degradation and, you know, fighting to live through the day you know from the minute i get out of bed and i get in this wheelchair it's a constant battle to do the things that i need to do and get where i need to go you know i spend 95 percent of my day in this house between these four walls that door right there doesn't work anymore because i accidentally broke it so i stay here and i actually have well, it's not here anymore. I actually have a hamper that I put in front of that door so my dog doesn't come in here and shit in my office while I'm doing YouTube. Because I've had that happen. Bro, I love this guy. I'm so sorry. I literally turn my back and the world goes to shit somehow. You know? I turn my back, I put on my headphones for five seconds, and it's like, well, we're going to just do everything we want to do. Armageddon 23. And people don't realize that First of all, how much energy that takes. And then on the top of that, how much energy it takes not to be a bitter, hateful human. Exactly. In spite of it all. I will admit, I actually, in a sense, have been a bitter, hateful person. You know, going through things that I wish I didn't have to go through. You know, I went into a deep depression basically after I lost my dad because that was my world. That was my best friend, you know, and I lost him two months after I published my book. Two months. Yeah. I published my book. My my proof copy came to me on my 29th birthday. I was able to share that with him. We went to dinner, and we celebrated that moment. And then a few weeks later, he got sick. And then we had to come up with, you know, ways of keeping ourselves alive. You know, I had to call my sister from Missouri and tell her, hey, dad's dying. Pack your shit and come down. Mm. And I tell you, the day that we went to see him, it was the morning of the 10th. I remember it very well. We'd gone to the hospital to 
say goodbye. You know, because they said, yeah, he was in hospice basically at this time, and they were basically saying, there's nothing we can do. Come say goodbye. And that was a bitter pill to swallow, knowing that his fight was coming to an end. And I'll never forget, I was actually sitting here on the computer on Skype with several friends of mine, and my brother come walking in and looked right at me and said, mute them. I got to talk to you. Mm. And they could tell the pain on my face when I looked at my brother. And he had tears in his eyes. And I was like, what happened? And when he told me our father John was no longer with us, I wanted to punch a wall. I wanted to scream. I wanted to cry. I wanted to kill myself. I wanted to end it. Because the man that I owed my all to just took his last fucking breath. And I wasn't there to say goodbye, but a few hours earlier. Watching the pain that that man went through the last two weeks of his life gutted me to the absolute core. The last day that they rolled him out of this house on a stretcher, he was still talking. I could hear him, oh, well, this happened in Vietnam, yada, yada, yada. He was a Vietnam vet. I could hear him talking all the way to the ambulance parked at the end of the street or the end of the driveway. Just yap, 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 yap. Had I known that those were the last words I was going to hear my father say, I would have asked for more. Our last coherent conversation was an argument over a bottle of lemonade. And then two days later, he's dead. Two or three days later, he's in a hospital, dead. For the last year and a half at 6.55 p.m. every Sunday, I look up to heaven, I say a little prayer, and I tell my dad I love him. Because he's up there with my mama. And... Honestly, I don't know how to do this sometimes. I don't know this whole being alone thing. You know, it's just me and my brother and our dog and a friend. But we're doing this all together. And sometimes I don't understand why this had to happen. I really don't. And I'm sorry for breaking down like that. I just had to get what I had to get out. You don't. You don't ever have to apologize. Things happen. Yo, John, I promise you, I would be so much more worse than you. So thanks for being here. Thanks for sharing this. I don't think I would have the courage to share, you know, just because I don't think I would be strong enough. I'm, I'll admit, I'm not strong. The first Thanksgiving after his passing, I spent it at strangers, at a stranger's apartment with my brother and some friends. We were invited to a Friendsgiving, and there were no people really there that I knew. Last Christmas, 
I sat right there in that bed and talked to people. I bought my own Christmas presents that year. I have friends that have gone out of their way to make sure that I have things that I need. You know? And I hate asking people for things. It's like, you know, I don't want to seem weak when I'm trying to be the one to be there for people and get them the things they need. And that's how it was, how it, the opposite of how it was for me last year. I was asking people to help me, not me asking if they would need help, you know? Yeah. Honestly, this year I'm in a position to where I can help people a little bit more. In fact, my buddy Thomas just lost his mom a month ago. And I told him, whatever book sales or merch sales come in, because I also sell merch, whatever book or merch sales come in, portion of that's going to you for the foreseeable future because you need it. And yeah, things are a little bit tough. You know, I haven't made that much money. You know, I'm not doing this for money. I'm doing this because I want to get my story out. The money is the second. But like I said, I want to help people. And I want to help people in any way possible. So whether it's money, buying a meal for them, you know, giving them the shirt off my back. Because I've done that before. I feel, I feel very alike with you, man. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, a giver. And I feel that with you too. And I'm a giver, not a taker. I'm a lover, not a fighter. You know, I love people. I may not disagree with some people, but I love people, you know, and I will give you the shirt off my back if that's what you need. But no one knows behind closed doors what you go through. You know, they see the smiles, but they don't know behind closed doors that sometimes you're just done. Exactly. They see the smile and they look at the cover, aka the face. Yeah. But they don't take the time to sit down, open the book, and read the story, aka listen to me. And I'm fortunate to be able to have the opportunities I do today to be able to get my story out there. So, very true. Dude, thank you so much. I I'm gonna change it a bit. Go ahead. Go to a funny. Go trigger. ahead. Let's talk about triggers. What is the stupidest thing someone's ever asked you or said something to you regarding what you're going through? Let me guess. It's can you do a wheelie? <laughs> I had a kid at a church that I used to go to every single Wednesday night. Ask me, do a kickflip. <laughs> I'm like, I can't do a kickflip, Neil. I'll break my freaking neck how do you do a kickflip on a, a kick exactly a kick, i don't know how to do a kickflip on a wheelchair i've seen it done on a skateboard but this ain't no damn skateboard <laughs> this ain't no skateboard this is a 50 pound freaking titanium modeled death machine on wheels hold on what's your wheelchair brand name quickie or no no oh, tie light tie light i have a tie light get out of here nick tie light arrow z I'll show myself I, I out. I don't know what my mine's a highlight something something. I paid a lot. It of should money. say on the frame of your chair. Okay, okay, okay. But yeah, mine's a highlight arrow Z, and I got it in twenty twenty. Okay, so. cool. I got mine like two years ago, but I had a quickie before that. 
That's why I'm like, I did oh, too. Quickie, yeah. When they switched me from Quickie to Twilight, I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. And so far, no problems. I've, I actually, I wouldn't say no problems, very little problems, mm-hmm. except for about a month ago, I had to call the Rojo Corporation and be mm-hmm. like, hey, my seat just blew up like Kingdom Come. Can you send me a new one? And they sent me a new one a day later. Nice. <laughs> That's the one with the pump, right? The Soho with the pump? Yeah, the Rojo with the pump and the... In Canada, it's really expensive. It's like uh, American, let's say 600 500 to $600? Yep. Unless it's covered, then whatever. Who cares? Yeah, it's, it was covered yeah, for me. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was covered for, for me through Medicaid. <laughs> I'm really surprised that... Um... I'm really surprised the insurance company didn't deem it not medically necessary for you. Exactly. That's, that's how they do it. Exactly. I'm like, um, I need this. This is my <laughs> lifeline. And if I don't get this, I'm not going to be able to function. Let's not hate on medical just in case. Listen, we love listen, you guys. I will I will see your quickie wheelchairs and raise you a drive medical because that was my first. I don't even know if you know what that is. That's off the rack. Off the rack, piece of junk chair that isn't fitted contoured to our bodies like it is not dialed in like our newest chairs you know the the first chair i ever had was a blue rocket chair i think they called it or something like that yeah you were really young though right yes i was like three yeah and i'm sitting in here and it's not contoured to my body i'm you know little tiny little pencil boy sitting in a freaking chair it's like someone okay Changing it up. Someone asked me what it's like sitting in a wheelchair. And if I can correctly remember this, I think it's in the book. I said it's like sitting on a it's like sitting on a lawn chair with clouds protecting your butt while your back slowly shapes into the deadly S. A lawn chair on wheels is what I called it. Yeah, I believe that's what it was. And I'm like, did I really just come up with that? Oh my gosh. But yeah. People ask me if I'm melted in. I've had kids ask me, are you melted into the wheelchair? Are you a transformer? Oh my God. Author on wheels, but activate. When, <laughs> when a kid asks you what's what's wrong with you, what do you tell them? Because you don't go, hey, I, I. I basically just say I was born unable to walk. I'm just like you. I just do everything sitting in a wheelchair. You you don't come up with some crazy story like I was skydiving or. No, I don't. I don't. I think only once I've come up or someone's come up to me and I and asked me that, and I'll be like, "Wacky wave, blah 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 blah, wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube band guy." <laughs> I think one of my brother's friends asked me what had happened years ago, and my brother's standing right next to me, and I was like, "I was born possessed." <laughs> and if I take off this seatbelt, I will levitate off this chair and bite you. Awesome. Tell kids, uh, I didn't eat my vegetables. <laughs> I didn't eat my broccoli, so I got put in the wheelchair. This is what happens, kids. I got put- this is what happens when you don't eat your vegetables, kids. You'll get one of these fancy things, and you'll have to sit in it for the rest of your life. Hopefully, you have good enough arm strength. Otherwise, you're going to have to use the one finger. I always joke like that when I'm outside. And if a guy almost falls off his bike because he hit the curb, I'll be like, watch out. That's how I ended up in a wheelchair. And the guy was just doesn't know. Oh. 
Yeah. I mean, did John? Yeah. Did you know that I I've been chair like full time for three years, and whatever full time means to you, mm-hmm. but you know full time, and I've messed up my body from not doing anything. And I didn't know, no one told me you got to stretch, you got to do it. And you might be like, yeah, it's pretty obvious, but no one told Mm -hmm. me. And now when I see an osteopath or a physio neurotherapist, they're trying to like, my legs are like the, I I don't even know what to say. The IT bands, everything they're shortened and they're trying to, I don't know. Do you go, do you, do you go therapy? Do you go to, I, I actually haven't been to therapy in years because, uh, the last physical therapist I went to uh, made me do an obstacle course, and I broke my leg, and I didn't know it for two weeks. And by the time I went and had it looked at, it was already healed, calcified over, perfect. Oh my god! Um, and it was literally right at the side of my knee where I broke it. Did you have a lot of pain? Like, how did you not know? Uh, well, it was swelling up, and it was warm to the touch and red. Okay. And I was like, okay, what's this? So I went to the hospital, had an X-ray, boom, boom, boom. It's calcified. You're healed. Go and do whatever you want to do. I told, I literally walked into that ther- uh, therapist's office and I said, Yeah, uh, a couple weeks ago I was in here. Uh, your little obstacle course broke my fucking leg and I walked out. I don't blame like, you. Excuse me. And I haven't been back to a physical therapist since. I do my own physical therapy. I climb in and out of my best friend's car every month. I need to go on this guy's podcast. This guy's a riot. Come on in. I'll make the schedule. So, but, do you do comedy stand-up or sit down as many people say it? I'm so sick of that, by the way. <laughs> when I tell uh, not I, really, yeah. but I mean, if you want to come on and be a comedian, go ahead. Oh, you're a funny mm-hmm. guy. I'm a funny guy. We should do something. We should like Set something. Look, you have spina bifida. I got MS. Okay, don't look at me like that. Does he's looking at me like you're not funny though? I feel like there's. You a are funny. You are funny. I'm just trying to figure out what we can do. I I don't know. We'll figure start, it out. You okay. can start off the whole show by saying, "Uh, me and Terry walk into a bar." Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Three dudes in wheelchairs walk into a, or roll into a bar. That's uh, it. That's all I got. And no one laughed. <laughs> but they're, too afraid. they're too afraid to laugh. But <laughs> Oh God. What's uh your where I this is such a weird question because usually with MS we have so many different symptoms. So we can ask someone, hey, what's your worst symptom? But what's your worst symptom? Uh, huh. Just just let's go with one. Well, you can say not what's the most frustrating or the most impactful the most frustrating I think, symptom? I think they're all worse uh yeah the most frustrating yeah having a neurogenic bowel and bladder mm. literally getting like out I, I can be open and honest with this right yeah this please is, yeah. dude i'll be honest more than you the other day when i went out with my buddy ralph i was perfect i had just you know gotten done with everything i needed to do mm-hmm. he picked me up i got into his car we had to go to the bank and get some money. And as I was getting out of the car, I noticed eh, my pants are a little wet in the back. Eh, they'll keep. Went through the day, came home. Yeah, uh, 
shouldn't have shouldn't have ignored that because I shit my pants. Yikes! You didn't smell? No, nope, didn't smell a thing. My nose has been messed up since COVID. COVID almost uh, took my nose out about three years ago. Dude, I have stories too, and I can't right now. You know what I mean? So right. I appreciate you telling me that. Like, so I mean, thank you, man. Thank you. Go through. We are human. I love that you said that. Exactly. We are human. You know, we we mess up on ourselves. You know, we have, we live a messed up life. You know, and that's just fate telling us, hey, you're human, but you also have a disability. Suck it up. Get in your wheelchair. Roll the fuck on. You know, I'm not claiming to be sunshine and roses here. You know, I'm not sunshine and roses. I've fucked up just as bad as anyone else. You know, I've had my share of fuck ups. I've had my share of mistakes. But it's all about how you go through after those mistakes and learn to make yourself better. Yeah, because it's not like they gave you uh, too much of a user manual for your life. Exactly. God didn't give you a user manual when you were born. Hey, here, you got to sign here and, you know, do all the things there. Sign on page three and you're good. No, they didn't do that to me. Now, why am I talking like a New Yorker? I was about to say you need a good accent, man. <laughs> got so angry his I, I, accent I, changed. <laughs> talking about New York, we might be going to New York one day soon. Oh, hell yeah. Maybe. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. They just got the, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I just heard the other day. They got the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree ready to go. Makes sense. About time. So probably, yeah. Yeah, actually, they uh, they they brought it down from Poughkeepsie, I think, and um, it's it's up right now. They're going to do the lighting for it on the nineteenth. Is that the tree that was in Home Alone? Yeah, it's the it's a very famous one in the middle. Yes, sir. I think that is yes. That's how I know the tree. Yes, that's that's the tree. Cool. Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. That's that tree. Nice. Man, uh, do you have anyone you want to give a special shout-out to? <clears throat> I know I know Ralph, uh, Ralph. I really want to meet this guy. Seems like a cool guy. He's a good guy. Um, actually, yes, there's a few people I want to give a shout-out to. Um, and if I get emotional again, please let it happen. Um to my brother and to my sister, Kyle, Angie, thank you for literally everything. Keeping me alive is a huge feat, and you both have done so much, you know, in stride to keep me where I am today. So thank you all so much. Mandy, Lizzie, Suzanne, Thomas, Christina. If you're watching this, if you're listening to this, thank you for being my friends, help, my family. Because without you guys, I wouldn't be who I am right now. Mom and dad, you're up in heaven right now listening to this. I love you to death. And thank you for allowing me the opportunity to have this kind of life. So thank you. And most importantly, thank you to you guys for not backing down on this, not backing down on telling your stories. 
because if it weren't for you guys and the opportunities that you've given me, I would not be here right now doing this. And I really appreciate it. This is not a one-time thing. We can continue our friendship forever. All right, bro. Let's do it. Because nice. you know what? There's more to give and I have more to tell. We'll do whatever we, whatever you want. I'm open anytime. I'm open anytime. That's a good one. Yourself, <laughs> knock that up. Amazing to hear this story. Thank you for being on our show. Fight to Survive, available now. Barnes and Noble, Amazon, search it, find it. It's a heck of a read. You're gonna wanna you're gonna wanna catch up because book two is coming out soon. Thank you for sharing your amazing, amazing story with us. And you're right. Every day might suck, but you're gonna fight as soon as your butt hits the chair and you're gonna fight until you can't fight no more. Exactly. Awesome, John. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I will talk to you soon. And Nick, thanks again. Talk soon, brother. Yep, for sure. So check us out at 40belowzero.com. That's four letter T below zero.com. Or feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Our email address is info at 40belowzero.com. Our personal Instagram account are for Nick's, it's Nick's underscore V713. Or for Terry, it's what's underscore MS. Awesome. Looking forward to hearing from you guys. We'll talk soon.